It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you. Good to have you aboard with us right here. Episode number 190 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. This is the very before pre-free agency edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Sure to change by the end of Wednesday. Uh, I would be willing to bet, so we'll try and get back as soon as we can. Uh, But let's get through all of the news that is circulating around the Washington Redskins, and let's do it up as quickly and as efficiently as we possibly can. So there's a couple of things at work here. And again, as I record this, it is just after 1 o'clock Eastern time, so a couple of hours before the official beginning of the league year when the Case Keenum trade will go through and become official, uh, when the Landon Collins signing uh, shortly thereafter will become official and get ratified and signed and all that stuff. And if it doesn't happen today... It's just a matter of procedure. Uh, it is fully expected, of course, to happen within the first you know, 12 to 24 hours of free agency. But in case you're not aware, the Redskins have made a couple of roster moves that were expected, uh, and let's go through them quickly here. Stacy McGee, veteran defensive lineman, he has been released, according to a report, uh, and it's been confirmed by others I'm not sure who had it first, but Stacy McGee, who was signed two years ago from the Oakland Raiders, he had a scheduled base salary of $3.75 million, according to OverTheCap.com, and an $800,000 proration along with a $250,000 roster or workout bonus for a total cap number uh, of $4.675 million for 2019. Now, Stacy McGee had a dead money cap hit of 2400000 if he was not designated, and we do not know at this point uh, if he was designated a post-June 1st cut, although that probably wouldn't make sense. Um, so we're going to go with the $2.4 million dead cap money hit. And we're going to go with a cap savings, at least for right now, of 2.275. If something were to change, just so you're aware, if they designated him, Stacy McGee, as a post-June 1st designation, there is a dead money cap hit this year of 800000 and there is a cap savings this year of 3.875. However, that dead money, the remainder of the dead money that we just mentioned that we think it is, would go into the 2020 salary cap. Now, why that's all important also is this, and why it's unlikely that this was a post-June 1st designation. One, you can only make a couple of those. It's two. Number two, it's nice to say, well, we'll just make it a post-June 1st designation for whoever you want, but you can't use that money until after June 1st 
until after the date passes. So say if the Redskins wanted to cut Josh Norman, and it's looking more and more like they won't, and they wanted to designate him a June 1st post-designation, he would have a dead money hit of $3 million this year, and the Redskins would save $11.5 million, just to give you an example. But if they did not designate it a post-June 1st designation, it would be a $6 million dead cap hit and only an $8.5 million savings. But the benefit to the larger hit in the year in which you're cutting is, A, you get to use that free money right away, and B, you also don't have the dead money roll over to the next year. So that's a long, convoluted way of starting the program by saying Stacy McGee has been released, according to multiple reports, by the Washington Redskins. We do not believe it'll be a June 1st post-designation. We believe the cut and the dead money will be $2.4 million and $2.275 million in terms of savings, again, assuming that we have uh, all of that correct. Now, as you know, Stacy McGee just did not work out here. 29 years old, 6'3", 310 or so pounds, former sixth-round pick of the Oakland Raiders, signed a, a pretty big free agent deal, a four, five-year, $25 million deal with $9 million in guarantees and a $4 million signing bonus. And right away, there were problems with Stacy McGee. In his first preseason, he had a bunch of penalties, including one uh, on a field goal offsides. Uh, again, you never want to do that. I understand things can happen. But he just never really got off on a good foot, and he could never really find kind of his super effective role on this defense. Matt Ioannidis outplayed him. Jonathan Allen clearly was a 2017 first-round pick, and he played very well until he got injured. Um, and even with the Redskins kind of having a need for a guy like McGee to be an effective weapon, he just never was, quite honestly. Then he was hurt for over half the year. He missed all of the offseason, training camp, preseason. Half the year he was on uh, the season pup list. Then he came back uh, midway through last year, and he played fine. He was okay. He played in eight games. Played in eight games. Uh, played 13% of his snaps on defense. He played a little bit on special teams. He had seven tackles. He had one sack. Um, he had a tackle for loss. He had a quarterback hit. That's all great. He just, there wasn't a whole lot there. In 2017, he played in all 16 games. He played 39.2% of the defensive snaps for the team, uh, another 6.5% on special teams. He had uh, 43 combined tackles, no sacks, four quarterback hits, and a pass defense. Again, it's okay. It's okay. But for a team that has tried very hard to stop the run he was supposed to contribute a lot more to that and just never did so the bottom line is is nobody should be surprised uh, by Stacy McGee's situation now I know that's a long long long-winded explanation uh, of the Redskins releasing Stacy McGee but we have a little extra time of course to go through things here on the Locked on Redskins podcast again it is uh, episode number 190 thanks for being with us I am your host Chris Russell uh, and you can of course follow all the latest at Locked Redskins at Locked Redskins on Twitter at Locked on NFL Net for all of the NFL team news 
and information, breaking news, alerts, everything going on across the NFL from all of our local podcast experts. You can also follow me individually. There's more than just the Redskins, NFL thoughts, Capitals and NHL, um, some Nationals baseball coverage, some thoughts, opinions, whatever, at WrestleMania 621, at WrestleMania 621. And also, when you get in your car, please tell your smart speaker device, whatever you might have, whatever you might use to play podcast, Locked On Redskins. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our first time out to stay kind of on schedule here. We're going to come back with news of another big cut for the Redskins. This one, again, somewhat expected, if not mostly expected, but certainly more controversial than what the Redskins haven't done yet and also what they could be inching closer to doing. Uh, And we'll get into some other stuff along the way here too as we round out episode number 190. Again, the pre-free agency edition, but we were trying to wait as long as we could to get some roster moves and to get some roster information. And while it's not official as we record this, uh, it will become official, likely, Uh, as soon as we can. And if it doesn't, we will, of course, address that on episode number 191. Thanks for being with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, once again, it is episode number 190 of the Locked On Redskins Podcast, and away we go with our second segment together. We covered the Stacey McGee transaction Uh, and what it cost the Washington Redskins and what he did not bring. One final note to that, when you think about it, and this is why I've been, you know, part of the reason why I'm harsh on the Redskins, and I understand that I can be sometimes too harsh, is they make moves, and every NFL team certainly makes moves that simply do not work out. And they make moves that I think turn out to be bigger problems than people realize and what I mean by that is in the same offseason they signed Terrell McLean and Stacy McGee and drafted Jonathan Allen and again the thought process is Jim Tom Sewell is their new defensive line coach at that point he was going into his first year we have to give him some weapons so I understand but when you don't sign premier talent when you don't sign grade a talent when you sign grade C talent, because you're trying to do it in a cost-efficient way, you can't, A, expect great production, and also, B, be disappointed when it doesn't work out. And then, in certainly the case of McGee and McLean, you have to eat dead money. McLean, they ate a bunch of dead money for several million dollars, I believe about three, three and a half million dollars last year under the 2018 cap um, because uh, of his signing. And quite honestly, he would have been gone early on in his first year if they had enough depth and they had enough talent and if they hadn't paid him what they did, quite honestly. Uh, That's what I was told by several people, 
And I think others reported that as well. He was a bad fit from the get-go. McGee, not as bad of a fit, but certainly not the impact player or even the quality of player that they were hoping. Now, Zach Brown has also been reportedly let go. This should not be a surprise considering all the talk that we've had here on the Locked on Redskins podcast about Zach Brown's situation. In fairness, we did mention a couple of times that maybe there was a possibility that Zach Brown would be kept because Rob Ryan is the new inside linebackers coach. They worked together uh, for Pro Bowl season for Zach Brown two years ago in Buffalo when Zach Brown, again, was still a member of the Bills and made the Pro Bowl that year. Not that that should be the automatic judge of everything, but it had like 160 tackles or whatever it was. Well, guess what? It meant nothing. Uh, Now, we don't know. We don't know if this is purely a financial transaction or if it's just a value for the financial transaction type situation. This is not to say that Zach Brown cannot play. Zach Brown can stop the run, he can tackle, he can run, and he can be an impact player. But Zach Brown freelances. He does not know his assignments. The coaches did not like him. The coaches did not trust him. He was often out of position. He was guessing And that exposed other players as well. And part of the problem that you saw down the stretch, and it's why Sean Deion Hamilton played as a starter instead of Zach Brown, is the Redskins coaches thought that Zach Brown was part of the problem, if not a main problem, in the team's inability to stop the run down the stretch. So they put in Sean Deion Hamilton and hoped to put Zach Brown in a nickel-type situation where he would come in on third down or obvious passing situations because of his speed, his athleticism. Maybe they were trying to determine whether or not he could actually cover anybody on a consistent basis in a reduced role. And he did okay. He did okay. Here's the problem with that plan. Zach Brown's strength is stopping the run. Zach Brown's strength is attacking the line of scrimmage. Zach Brown's strength is speed and tackling. Zach Brown's strength has never been assignment football, knowledge of the scheme, knowing where he needs to be, and certainly not coverage, despite tremendous athleticism. That was a problem in 2017, which is why I argued time and time again that if you were going to bring back Zach Brown, you were going to bring him back on a one-year deal. Now, I know he didn't want a one-year deal, but I thought the Redskins made a mistake. I said it then. I said it right after the deal was. You can check it out. You can do a search. I said it all over the place. Zach Brown was not going to be a good fit for the three years and $21 million that the Redskins signed him. That being said, we realize that in 2018, he only had a cap number of just under $3 million, which again, smart move for the Redskins, smart move for Eric Schaefer and Bruce Allen to kind of structure it so that the year one cap number of the new deal was not that prohibitive, right? And they took a, a chance that they would be able to figure out Zach Brown, that they would be able to best utilize him, that they would be able to get the best out of him with some other talent around him, Mason Foster, uh, ultimately. And as you can see, that was a complete non-factor. They did draft Sean Dion Hamilton. They were clearly concerned. They brought in Reuben Foster. I don't know what other message you had to get if you were Zach Brown. Now, the problem is, is most Redskins fans, quite honestly, and I, I kept telling you, you guys were wrong. Most Redskins fans thought Mason Foster was the real problem. 
I'm telling you, Zach Brown is twice as talented as Mason Foster. Mason Foster knows more about the scheme, knows more about how to play football, knows where to be. He may not be anywhere near as fast. He may not be anywhere near as athletic. But Mason, and he pissed off a lot of fans last year by a direct message that leaked on Instagram or whatever that whole situation was. Mason Foster, again, in a coach's eyes, and I think in a simplistic sort of way, from a football analysis standpoint, he is more dependable, more trustworthy, and clearly more knowledgeable about what he has to do, where everyone has to be, and what you have to have in order to win football games. Now, you see, the Redskins were clearly disappointed in their inside linebackers. They let Kirk Olivadotti go, longtime assistant. Whether it was a fire, look, he went to Green Bay. They were probably going to fire him, I guess, anyway. The bottom line is, is again, I thought for Zach Brown, a one-year deal, three, four million dollars made sense because I was willing to take that chance on. I didn't think a three-year, $24 million deal would be a good thing for the Washington Redskins before and after they did it because I looked at, I said, well, okay, certainly if he improves in year two in all the areas that they were concerned about, boy, that's a great home run. That's a slam dunk, right? And then you go into 2019 and maybe you have a Pro Bowl player at the age of 30. The problem is, is if he never improved and if he regressed is what you have now, where he had a $6.75 million base, a $1.5 million proration from the original bonus that he got, a $500,000 per game roster bonus. And the Redskins will, of course, save that by, uh, by, by releasing him and a cap number of $8.75 million. Now, to cut him before June 1st, again, a pre-June 1st designation, which we believe will be the case, but we can't say for certain until we know it's a $3 million dead money cap hit and a $5.75 million cap savings for the Washington Redskins. If they designated him post-June 1st, it would be a $1.5 million dead money cap hit this year a $7.25 million savings, but remember you have a $1.5 million dead cap hit in 2020. So again, we don't know. We think it's just a regular straight-up cut. Again, you can't use the cap savings that you create with that post-June 1st designation until post-June 1st. So that's not always the right thing to do. Zach Brown, the bottom line is this. He graded out very, very well, according to ProFootballFocus.com. As a matter of fact, he was the Redskins' highest-graded football player on defense for the entire year in 2018. He was not good in coverage at all in 2017. Uh, and even Pro Football Focus's Steve Palazzolo, uh, who I trust uh, very much so and I like, uh, said to me the same thing on Twitter, that he was not good at all in 2017, and I'm loosely paraphrasing. But Zach Brown was graded, as we've talked about on, on this year podcast, the, I think, 66th best player on Pro Football Focus's top 101. Overall in coverage in 2018, he graded out an 84.4. Pass rush a 68.7. Tackling an 86.5. And run defense an 84.1. Uh, I don't quite honestly know where they come up with some of these numbers, but I just pass them along and I funnel them. I think they've overrated, quite honestly, him. He allowed 73% of his targeted passes to be completed, 8.1 yards per reception, 160 yards after the catch, but did not allow a touchdown, Zach Brown, and an NFL passer rating against 87.4. Certainly he was not bad in coverage this year, but again, he was asked to do a lot less in coverage because of Josh Harvey 
Clemens, because of Sean Dion Hamilton, because Mason Foster was asked to do a lot of what Zach Brown was asked to do because they couldn't trust Zach Brown. Bottom line, that's why. Um, just quickly, in 2017, he allowed five, five passing touchdowns and a 129 passer rating against five. And 79.7% of his of his targeted coverages were given up to receptions and 482 yards. It was terrible. And everybody thought Zach Brown was great. No, no, no. He was good against the run. He was not good in coverage at all, period, in any way. He made a significant improvement in 2018, according to Pro Football Focus, but he was also asked to cover uh, about 80 less snaps. So, you know, again, he was asked... And certainly to be in co- now a lot of those snaps I believe came in the last three games of the year Jacksonville Tennessee uh, and uh, Philadelphia just real quickly kind of um, chart the numbers there yeah 12 15 and 21 so that's a total of 48 of the 369 snaps as he was again put in this role to A, I guess, determine whether or not he could do it, B, because they couldn't trust him against the run anymore. (laughs) So uh, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to tell you guys. Uh, The bottom line is, is Zach Brown, very talented player, speed, athleticism, all that, has never quite been able to put it together for whatever reason. So he has been released by the Washington Redskins. All right, we will come back and address another possible re-addition, whether that's worth it and where we stand on everything else, next, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, pre-free agency edition, episode number 190. Thanks for being with us. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 190, the pre-free agency edition. I am your host, Chris Russell. And let's go through this quickly because Ian Rappaport, the latest just before 1 o'clock Eastern time here, uh, as we've been talking about for several weeks, as we've said we should do, the Redskins should do, as I would do, and this was before and after Landon Collins. I've been very clear about this. The Redskins should bring back HaHa Clinton Dix. They traded a fourth-round pick from the Green Bay Packers at the trade deadline. No, he did not play good. Yes, he took some bad angles. Yes, he was not great in coverage. He did have one really nice play that maybe he should have had a pickoff along the goal line, ranging from deep center field against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to break up a pass that was uh, partially deflected by somebody else in coverage. The bottom line is, is HaHa Clinton Dix did not do a good enough job for the Washington Redskins, but a full offseason and a chance to fully acclimate himself to the scheme, the terminology, his teammates, practice, OTAs, training camp, mini, all of that stuff, along with, oh, by the way, having Landon Collins alongside makes all the sense in the world. And anybody that doesn't see this, I, I still have no idea what you're talking about. I, I, I love my colleagues on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, I could not disagree with Danny Ruye more, uh, and even Grant Paulson could not disagree with them more at all. 
period. Um, so Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, NFL Media, says, quote, who could be the next safety off the board? The Redskins would like to bring back, uh, would, would like to bringing back, would like to bring back, ha-ha Clinton Dix, source said. And they are working to do that. Would be Landon Collins and Clinton Dix if this gets done. Now, I've suggested all along it should be basically a one-year deal. Um, and that's, you know, kind of where I'm at. I'm sure it will probably be more than that um, because HaHa Clinton Dix is certainly a talented player. I'm guessing it'll probably be in the two to three year range, probably three years with a favorable year one structure, like we saw with the Zach Brown situation, like we saw with the Landon Collins acquisition. Keep the year one cost low, like many traditional contracts are structured. Keep it really low with a balloon payment in year two or year three. Uh, and then you try and hope that by cut because the 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 cap increases, um, you know that you can absorb the dead money a little bit better if it doesn't work out. That's just the way things are done. Certainly, that is the way um, Bruce Allen and Eric Schaefer kind of subscribe. So that would be good news in my opinion. I do not trust Monte Nicholson, uh, as we've talked about a million times. I do not also trust Troy Apke uh, to do the job without a lot of help. To me, this makes all the sense in the world. Nobody should criticize this, even though people are going to, especially when you consider all the safeties that have already gone. Tyron Matthew, um, Adrian Amos to Green Bay. Um, uh, to Sean Gibson with, uh, for, for, from Jacksonville to Houston. And now Earl Thomas, of course, on Wednesday morning, a four-year $55 million deal. Uh, that included $32 million fully guaranteed with the Baltimore Ravens, plus Eric Weddle, who, of course, uh, was cut. Um, Vernon Davis has not been released yet, and I don't know when that's going to happen, if it's going to happen at all. Uh, and here's the problem kind of with that. Uh, as we tweeted about at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, Vernon Davis is such a good dude and he was honored with his own day in Washington DC on Wednesday morning uh, because he's a philanthropist an artist an entrepreneur a role model he's very good in the community he's very well spoken he's super bright I think he should be on TV right away um, he's just one of those guys that does pretty much everything well and I don't know him that well if I'm being honest, because he came in after I was off the beat. I mean, I've talked to him a couple of times here and there, uh, but I don't know him very well at all. I'm just telling you what others have told me, what I have observed, uh, and what I know. So I don't know uh, what the situation is going to, quite honestly, be with Vernon Davis. My guess would be the Redskins would like to keep him as a second tight end, because they understand how fragile Jordan Reed is, and they understand Vernon Davis can still make some plays. Here's the problem. He has a non-guaranteed base salary of $4.75 million with a proration of $1.33 million uh, and a cap number of $6.3 million. The Redskins can't keep him at $6.3 million. Uh, if they were to cut him with, again, a pre-June 1st designation, it would be a $1.33 million dead cap hit and a $4.968 million cap savings. How about we do a simple restructure, but not really a restructure in terms of guaranteeing him more money and kicking the can down the line? I don't want to do that for a 35-year-old tight end. No, thank you. Uh, but 
I would guess, I don't know this, that Vernon Davis would be willing to take a pay cut from his base salary in exchange for some sort of incentive package that is more cap friendly than the current $6.3 million is. Bottom line, that has to, that has to be reduced, in my opinion, by at least half in order for this to work. Otherwise, as good of a guy as uh, Vernon Davis is, as good of a leader in the clubhouse, all that stuff, I don't care about any of that stuff. Ultimately, if it's going to cost me $6.3 million, if it's going to cost me 2 or $3 million, now we're talking about something we can do. If it's going to cost me $6.3 million, I'm sorry. I hate to be a jerk, but I have to part ways. So that's where I'm at on Vernon Davis. Again, no move just yet. So we covered Stacey McGee's release, Zach Brown's release, HaHa ha Clinton Dix probably coming back, and the situation with Vernon Davis. That's a full show for you right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We have to get out of here, pre-free agency edition. Episode number 190 will be back as soon as we possibly can uh, with as many moves as we possibly can right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for sharing. When you get in your car, tell your smart speaker to to play podcasts locked on Redskins. Make sure you follow at locked on NFL net on both Twitter and Instagram at locked on NFL net. And as well, make sure you follow at locked Redskins on just Twitter for all of your timely Redskins information. Adios. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.